Good evening, everybody. Thank you to all the listeners of Amandla. Amandla is a current affair program on Africa from a pan-African and resolutely anti-colonial perspective that you could listen every Wednesday evening between 7 and 8 p.m. on CKUT 90.3 FM or CKUT.ca around the world on this website. This evening, we will discuss the political situation in Algeria with a political scientist, Brahim Rwabah. Brahim Rwabah is with us on the phone from New York. As a presentation of our guest, I just have to say that Brahim Rwabah is an Algerian activist, is a political scientist also, is a co-founder of the United Kingdom Algeria Solidarity Campaign, is a PhD candidate in political science at CUNY. CUNY is a city university of New York, and he's a graduate teaching fellow at Brooklyn College. I take the time here to interview him because his thoughts seem inspiring to me, and his reflection on the current Algerian revolt seemed, for me, a rich intellectual contribution to a decolonial, anti-imperialist, and social, social justice perspective. I have been following his work as a political scientist for a long time, and I read his text carefully, and I would like to highlight the following text in particular. This text that I have in mind has the title Reclaiming the Narrative of the Algerian Revolt. This contribution can, can be found on the website called Africa as a Country. Uh, First of all, thank you very much, Brahim Rwabah, for taking your time to share your thoughts with the team of Amandla. Thank you for having me. Uh, Brahim, in the text I just have mentioned, you say an important thing. According to you, the outcome of the Algerian revolution should not be predetermined by new or liberal or American global order. My first question is the following one. Could you please tell us why the narrative question of this Algerian revolt is so important politically to restore the dignity of the Algerian people, because you say that the Algerian people no longer acquiesces to being an object of history, but a conscious and active subject of its own destiny. Could you elaborate on this point, please? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, first of all, uh, I, I want to thank you again for, uh, for, for having me, and I want to say that um, narrative, the way we narrate, the way we represent uh, events really determines the way uh, we act on in on on the social uh, on the social sphere. So talking about uh, talking about or or if you like um, sounding the alarm uh, on on the fact that uh, the narrative on on the Algerian revolt is being if you like hijacked uh, and being interpreted through a euro. Uh, American global uh, view, uh, a, a resolutely liberal uh, view, is is uh, is sort of um, underpinned by by the belief that narrative, the way we narrate, the way we represent, the way we frame events, um, matters, and it determines the way we act uh, in in our so social world. Um, what I mean by that is, is if you look at uh, your, your American ways of, of uh, and liberal ways of, of thinking about uh, time and historical time, um, there are two key uh, concepts that that come to mind. There is the the idea that historical time uh, is linear, and there is uh, an idea that historical time is is uh, is set in stages. 
comes in stages. And this, you know, goes back to thinkers like Adam Smith and uh, and so on who talked to us about uh, about sort of, you know, human societies having been hunters and gatherers and later on moved to a different stage where they settled and became agricultural uh, and from there to commercial societies, industrial societies, until today, and we're in, in uh, digital uh, societies. So there is this idea of stages uh, of, of, of history. There is the second idea uh, that comes from, uh, from uh, thinkers like Hegel, uh, which is the linearity of it and the singularity of it. So for Hegel, uh, European modernity, if you like, is the apex, is the culmination of, of human civilization, that uh, humans have gone through all of these stages, and Europe is at the apex, is the, is the, uh, the if you like, the, uh, the apogee of, of not only European civilization, but human civilization in universal terms. Mm-hmm. And what these, you know, uh, and we see sort of traces of both lines of thought later on in Sort of Max Weber, uh, Talcott uh, Parsons. We see them in the 70s with Rostow and uh, and so on, uh, and also in the 90s with uh, someone like Fukuyama, uh, who talk about the end of history and the triumph of of liberalism, if you like. So as if that is the only uh, telos, that is the only direction that humani- humanity can go towards. What these, uh, now you might be asking yourself, uh, you know, what do these uh, ideas and uh, frames of reference have to do with, with, with Algeria today or, or uh, uh, the revolt uh, there? Um, they are key in two ways. The first is that these ideas, when, when you think about history in, in stages and in a linear way, what uh, this gives rise to the, uh, the the colonial and if you like orientalist tropes that uh, uh, a eurocentric view of time that's going to be my next question sorry yeah. now because your text is harsh and tough about the algerian cultural and the intellectual elites whom you consider fascinated by western and eurocentric tropism could you elaborate and tell us how their thoughts and social patterns are not really reflecting the daily life or the reality of the majority of the Algerians? You've been starting uh, explaining that. Right. So uh, it's linked to what I was saying is that there is an inheritance. Uh, uh, the post-colonial, if you like, if we, if we call it that, the post-colonial elites, be them political elites or, um, yeah. or cultural and intellectual elites, have absorbed those uh, those ideas, uh, and they, ha- uh, they have absorbed those ways of thinking uh, from the yesterday's colonial masters. Um, so there is, there is the, what we can call uh, an internalization of, of, uh, of, uh, of col- uh, colonial uh, mentality. So these elites, cultural elites uh, 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 in Algeria, they are only able to understand themselves and look at themselves through the colonial gaze. They have accepted their position, the position they have been assigned by, by the colonizer, and they reproduce uh, the, the same discourses of the, of the colonizer towards the indigenous populations, which is their compatriots, mm-hmm. uh, and they look with the same disdain and with the same condescension uh, towards their people, uh, as the colonizer has done. So 
there is there is really uh, it's a state of of uh, of cultural if you like cultural or intellectual alienation yeah. uh, this reminds me of of, of an iranian uh, thinker in in the 60s who wrote uh, um, who coined the word west oxification mm-hmm. that there is this this uh, infatuation if you like um, with uh, with uh, with the european or western uh, cultural, uh, cultural sort of mores. What is the name of this Iranian intellectual you've been talking about? Uh, uh, it's uh, J- J- Jalal al-Ahmed. Oh, thank you very uh, My third question is, in your text, you have tried to illustrate uh, the anti-imperialist and anti-colonial dimension of the revolt through your analysis of the slogans chanted by the Algerian demonstrators during the revolt. Could you please share with us some examples? Sure. So there, there are two ways, and this li- links to to your first question about the uh, sort of the people having uh, become agents of of history. One of the chants that uh, that was predominant was "Sina u bina," which means uh, "We have woken up, and uh, you will pay." Uh, so there is, it, it expresses a feeling of of uh, of realization, a reappropriation of the of uh, of the people's. Uh, political will mm-hmm. and uh, a stern determination to to achieving their goals uh, and and dissipating the colonial nature of their of their present. Uh, one uh, one other example is is which means you have devoured the country, O oh, you thieves. Mm-hmm. And another another inflection of it is you have sold the country, O oh, mm-hmm. you thieves. Which which uh, directly hits at the at the uh, injustice or inequitable distribution of of uh, of wealth, uh, the fact that uh, that uh, there is an organized plunder of the country's resources and the country's uh, the the country's uh, natural resources by by both uh, a, a national elite but also in. Uh, in uh, in conjunction with uh, with global actors, multinational uh, companies, corporations, and uh, and foreign governments uh, governments who have, in exchange, uh, maintained or given support to this uh, to, to to Algeria's rulers, um, in exchange for for having access to to to, to the country's resources and and uh, and the markets. Uh, very interesting, Brahim. Uh, I would like to address another aspect of your text. I am keen to hear more about your reflection about the way the media, the Western medias, is reporting about the revolt. In fact, in your text, you mentioned that the media tends to put the emphasis on images that are the symbol of liberalism and secularism. Could you elaborate? Right. I mean, there is a tendency, and again, I'd like to uh, to link it to what I was saying earlier, is that uh, these these societies, these global South societies, are only seen with that idea of of uh, of, uh, of staged history as one as being living. They are back uh, backward societies who are living in a, in a, in an earlier stage, and their their future is to try and become more like Europe. So with the media, with this framework, media personnel and media uh, media organizations, when they cover these uh, these events, they try to confirm those those ideas. So they look for people who look like 
like them, for, mm-hmm. for example. So they, they tend to cover uh, urban, middle class, French-speaking uh, uh, protesters, if, uh, if you like. Well-dressed are, people. Are, uh, by all means, part of Algerian society. They, mm-hmm. they do uh, sort of represent a, a section of Algerian society, but by no means... Uh, a, 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 a majority of, uh, of Algerians. So usually they tend to 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 leave aside, uh, uh, you know, uh, photos or videos of of protests in in uh, in uh, rural areas, in working class uh, neighborhoods, uh, workers. You know uh, the 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 work that uh, that unions, the protests that uh, that unions and sit-ins and strikes that uh, workers' unions are are uh, conducting. Uh, there is very little um, uh, report, reporting on that. However, uh, the reporting on people who are asking for liberal or bourgeois democratic uh, rights, such as you know freedom of speech, and uh, which are of course uh, welcome but uh, but uh, to 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 sort of uh, limit it to those uh, to those demands seems to me uh, that it skews the the picture a little bit and it doesn't allow us to have a correct analysis and a, co- a correct reading of the situation in Algeria yeah ibrahim how do these these representation affect the sociological reality of Algeria. Why is it too important to look into the damages of this representation from a decolonial perspective, particularly in this context uh, of Islamophobia in the Western countries? Could you elaborate on this point, please, also? Sure. Uh, I think, I think uh, again, uh, representation, representation determines what we do about something. So in, in the same way that a medical doctor, you know, uh, diagnosis, uh, determines uh, the course of action that uh, that the uh, doctor would, would take. If uh, if the problem is biological, uh, then a, a medical treatment would would be needed. If the diagnosis is is psychological, then it, it's a different route that is taken. So, uh, hence hence the importance of having a correct reading of the of the uh, of the situation um, and the importance of calibrating. Uh, one's actions and and interventions based on on uh, on uh, a correct reading of the uh, of the situation now when uh, if the question is how do these how do these representations impact the uh, yeah. the sociological reality uh, it's uh, they continue they continue to p- reproduce alienating images about algerians uh, if you're, if you're, uh, let's say, if you're concentrating, if a foreign um, media corporation concentrates its reporting on, say, secular middle class or upper class protesters, French speakers, uh, seculars, uh, and liberal, uh, then what you're saying is this is what Algeria is. Um, Algerians, in their majority, who are not, for example, who don't, who are not upper middle class. Who are not French-speaking, mm-hmm. who are not uh, who are not uh, secular, let's say, uh, in in the French sort of uh, sense of the world, uh, of the word, then then they don't see themselves represented in those in those in those uh, in those portraits, and and there is a sense of alienation that is that is engendered in in the reader or in the consumer of such uh, of su- uh, such news. 
the way that it uh, relates to an Islamophobic uh, uh, context in, in in Europe is that is that uh, and this links back to this, your second question is that these elites, mm -hmm. uh, cultural elites in in Algeria and intellectual elites. Uh, as well as as uh, media representations, they they um, they are reproducing. There is a cottage industry uh, mm -hmm. uh, in 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 Europe, uh, Islamophobic uh, cottage industry that is very lucrative. So these writers or filmmakers or singers who uh, try to confirm these uh, these uh, these uh, prejudice, uh, prejudices and Orientalist tropes. They have. They are welcomed by uh, by elites in in Europe. Uh, they they are shortlisted for uh, prestigious uh, prizes, be it in the literary world or in Cannes, for example, uh, for for filmmakers and and so on. Because it's no longer they they have become agents mm -hmm. of cultural imperialism. In the same way that political elites have uh, formed the comprador bourgeoisie that that uh, does uh, the work or the dirty work of of the uh, neo-colonial powers uh, you have native informants native intellectuals and native uh, native um, uh, artists or uh, and, and and writers who confirm the prejudices of uh, of, 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 of a colonial um, of a colonial uh, or a neo-colonial uh, enterprise Yeah, thank you, Ibrahim. I have a last question. Finally, could you tell us how building an alternative subjectivity opens up more emancipatory horizons for a larger number of people in Algeria, as you mentioned in your text? Um, I think Algerians have, have, in the last few decades, have been really, again, alienated both materially and and ide ideationally from, uh, from their sort of... Uh, from the or organic habitat. Uh, I, uh, the ideational uh, aspect we've just, we've just covered, you know, the way they are talked about, the way they are represented, um, and so on. Um, but also, also sort of materially in the sense that if you look at the uh, colonial legacies of, of borders between, between Morocco and Tunisia, uh, Algeria, Tunisia, uh, Tunisia and Algeria, The, uh, and all these, uh, first of all, the, the uh, one of the the um, legacies of, of colonialism is the, uh, are, are these borders who are militarized, who are securitized, in some cases closed completely. So, for uh, if we take Algeria as an example, you have a closed border on on your uh, on your west. Uh, you have a securitized and militarized border with uh, with Mali and Niger. The same thing with Libya, an increasingly securitized. Uh, border border with uh, with Tunisia, uh, so the only issue uh, or or escape is from the north through the Mediterranean Sea, uh, on and on the other side is Europe. So there is an alienation and isolation of Algerians from their habitat, from their African roots, from their African strategic depth. Uh, this is materially. Uh, ideationally, if if we're uh, 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 you know the, this this material reality really uh, prevents circuits of solidarity, connections to be made 
with with uh, with uh, our brothers and sisters in Mali and sub-Saharan Africa. So uh, horizons for Algerians. What is it? What does it mean to be Algerian? The you know horizons for for uh, self-actualization and for connecting. Uh, on a, a pan-Africanist basis, on uh, Afro-Asian basis, on uh, a third-worldist basis, are, are prevented from developing. So the only subjectivity for Algerians that is allowed is, is a liberal one. Uh, you are, uh, as an Alger- Al- being Algerian means that you're a citizen of uh, a territorially uh, demarcated uh, nation-state, um, with the belief that you have uh, a bundle of rights, uh, of liberal uh, individual rights, not collective ones, um, and, and that you consume, consume uh, products on, on a local and international market. This is the only subjectivity that is, that is uh, allowed, and this is what humanity has been, Algerian, Algerians' humanity have been reduced to. So the attempt to construct an alternative uh, an alternative um, uh, subjectivity starts with a decolonial approach, with a de- decolonial ethos. To see, to be, to be, uh, try to see and analyze the colonial uh, continuation of colonial practices and colonial legacies, and to dismantle them, seeing them really as 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 mines that have been. Uh, strewn around uh, around Algerian subjectivity, and to, if you like, to to dis- disactivate them and activate new ones, to connect with uh, with uh, with other struggles, peoples who are struggling for self determination around the world. So, and 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 that comes comes through in in uh, in the slogans that have been raised and during this revolt, where uh, Algerians are claiming that. This is what we're doing is a continuation of the project of our ancestors. This is a decolonial, anti-colonial, anti-imperialist uh, revolt. Uh, we want to connect with our African, uh, African brothers and sisters, Asian and Latin American uh, uh, brothers and, and sisters who are oppressed around the, around the globe. So seeing themselves, Algerians are starting to see themselves more, not as a periphery, of, of Europe, the European center, but as a center of, of, of the global south and connecting with the downtrodden around the world. As we say in French, la mec des révolutionnaires. Exactly. exactly. Thank you very much, Brahim Rouabah, for sharing your thoughts and for enlightening the auditors of Amandla about this glorious and promising collective mobilization of the Algerian people. For those who just joined us, I just have to remind that we have been discussing the current Algerian uprising with Brahim Rouabah, who is a political scientist affiliated to City University of New York and Brooklyn College. I just have to say that also that his uh, writings have appeared on number publications like a review of African political economy, Middle East law and governance, Africa as a country, French Final Foundation, Jadalia, Open Democracy, Huffington Post. And again, thank you very much, Brahim, for sharing your thoughts and for taking your time with uh, with. Uh, I'm on the team. Thank you very much again. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you very much.